0: Hey there loves. I'm Alia Adair Chung and this is The Conscious Family Project, where we take the insane amount of homeschooling, parenting, and family lifestyle information out there and break it down into simple, actionable steps that set your unique family up for success. It is time for your brave decisions to reap big rewards, for your family life to be brimming over with joy for your relationships to be meaningful, connected, and fun, and for you to fully step into the freedom that the conscious family lifestyle has to offer. So homeschooling is an extension of parenting. If you've been around here, you've heard me say that before, and it's absolutely true. As a parent, you have taught your child how to walk, how to talk, how to communicate with siblings, deal with big feelings, use a toilet, use utensils, um... You have taught them so much, so adding homeschooling is just a natural progression of that and expanding into other areas, um, but it is. It's, it is is an extension of homeschooling, or of parenting, sorry. Homeschooling is an extension of parenting. Now, I have sat down to record this episode so many times, and every time I get a couple of minutes in and I just, I'm like, oh goodness, and I start over again, and I think that's because this is such a big And such an important topic that is influenced by so many things. So I've decided this is going to be a couple of different episodes. Um, And before we get started, there's something I want to make sure that you hear from me. And that is that if you are currently in a place with your child, um, a place on your parenting journey where Your relationship is not where you want it to be, where you are in a space of having to expand a lot to make room for your child's growth, your own growth, um, as we figure all of those things out. If you're just having a really challenging time in your parenting journey right now, I want you to know that I see you, that it's something we all walk through at some point. Our children are growing and changing as rapidly. As they can and we have to expand and grow with them to meet their needs and that is a lot it's a lot and so everyone has those moments I just want you to know that if you're in that space right now that I see you I'm holding space for you and that that does not mean that your homeschooling journey is doomed or not going to be effective but we are going to talk about how solidifying, how strengthening your parenting journey and experience, um, and your relationship with your child can make your homeschool even more effective and joyful. I just don't want anyone to feel like that is a barrier to them. You can homeschool effectively, especially if you're working in this area. So with that being said, let's get started. So the first and most important aspect of this is the relationship you have with your child. Having a solid foundation and being connected with them is going to be one of the best tools that you have. Now, if this isn't something that you have necessarily thought of or you feel like you could be doing differently or better right now, I have a couple of suggestions of things that have helped in my own parenthood. The first is to choose something you know your children like and do it with them. It is really really it is, it is that simple. It sounds a little kooky because I think we look at what kids do and maybe what your kid is enjoying and it's not something that you think you would enjoy. And so you're just like, and eh, that's kid stuff. But when we can come to them and into their world, it really helps to connect with them to build up that bond, um, create some shared experiences, and you can have a lot of fun. Something that you may think is not fun at all can be a lot of fun with one of your favorite people. And this is how you make your children your favorite people. So get in there and play with them doing something that they love. So if that is football, and you guys, when I was touring as a singer, like it was one of the jokes, like like warm-up jokes when we were meeting a new audience to throw me a loaf of bread because I could never catch it. Now, I've worked very hard on this, and I can now catch a little bit. I could definitely catch a loaf of bread, depending on who threw it. But um. You know, you don't have to be perfect at whatever it is they love. Just join them. Be willing to laugh with them. Get on their level and learn about what they love. If it's surfing or football or Barbies or painting or um, I can't even think there's so many things, video games, whatever it is that your child is passionate about and enjoys spending time doing, join them, do it with them. Set a time for yourself to do it. So if it's going to be once a week, set a time when you know you're going to make that a priority. Put your phone away and do it. Even if it's outside of your comfort zone. Honestly, especially if it's outside of your comfort zone. The second way is to share something that you love with your child. But you cannot do it with the expectation that they're going to love it as well. You are doing it with the open heart and open door of sharing and um, showing them how you can share showing them a way to share something about themselves. Okay. So you can't, you can't go into it with an expectation, but share with them something you love. Um, I love old black and white movies. My children are little and do not appreciate them whatsoever, but they know that I love old black and white movies. And whenever they see something out and about that makes them think of it, they automatically come to me, mom, look at this. Um, So we have that connection. We have something going on. The third is shared experiences. Now, one of the easiest and most fun ways to do this um, in homeschooling is read alouds. I know that seems kind of silly, but a family read aloud, regardless of the age of your kids, even if they're teenagers um, or even if they're babies, having a family read aloud, something that you guys are going to read and experience together and have inside jokes about and. Um, you know, make a silly recipe from, those shared experiences can be so valuable in building relationships. So try those three things. They make a huge difference in this. Um, but prioritizing the relationship you have with your child and being able to connect with them in a format that is not um, you in charge setting boundaries, pushing them to grow, but just in a neutral let's enjoy each other um, time will really help to build up that relationship. Okay, number two. Now this is kind of the opposite side: having clear and meaningful boundaries. So every time we tell our children no, or we set an expectation for them, we have to decide. Sometimes, because sometimes we can do that as a as a reaction to something, right? Um, They did something, so you're going to set a boundary. It's really important if we want to be as effective as possible as parents and to keep that relationship strong um, and to make our words heavy-weighted with our children, that whenever we're making a boundary, we have thought through it and know that it's a meaningful boundary, that there is a purpose and a reason behind it other than because you want it to happen, now, if you have something that needs to happen and you want it to happen, be open and honest with your kids about it. Um, you know, like uh, they need to pick up their towels off the floor. Well, that is a family boundary. But why is that a boundary? Because when the home is clean and picked up, everyone is at their best. So really, it's a way to support each other. So that is a meaningful boundary. Um, I just want you to make sure, assess whenever you're setting one of these boundaries that you um, you're making sure that it's meaningful, that it has a purpose, um, and that if your children are fighting back, that you have you can explain that purpose. You can be clear about that. And fighting back is not the right term. But if your children have questions about your boundary, don't take that um, in an offensive way. Um, having questions and questioning authority, asking questions of authority about why something needs to happen is healthy. It's a good thing. So make sure that you've chosen boundaries, that you're setting boundaries that are meaningful, that you can explain. Um, even if the explanation really is, I just really need this right now because I'm having a hard time or because I have this going on and this would be really helpful to me. Because then your child knows that they can just ask for help sometimes. So clear and meaningful boundaries are important. Um, I also want to talk about this from another perspective. So there's making sure we don't set so many boundaries and inauthentic or meaningless boundaries that um, kind of make our voice a wash in the wind, right? Because we're always setting things and they don't really have a meaning or purpose. That can be too much, right? And can hurt our relationship. But on the other side, not having any clear boundaries um, sets up a similar problem, So when you have too many boundaries and they're meaningless, then your child stops listening because it's all the same, right? There's no varying levels. It's not my choice. It's just constant barrage of requests. Um, That puts a massive barrier in your relationship. Now, on the other end, if you're not setting boundaries with your kids and holding them, especially meaningful boundaries, then we have another problem. And that is, I heard this analogy years ago from a, a parenting person and I don't remember who and I need to figure it out because I use this a lot. But he said that children, he was talking about teenagers, but this is true at any age. Um, what is the first thing you do when you get on a roller coaster? They put buckle your belt, and what is the first thing you do? You pull up on the bar, right? You want to pull up on the bar and just make sure that if you're going upside down in a loop-de-loop, that you're in there really, really good, right? So Human beings are the same, especially children, because children are put in a position of needing to trust you and know that they're safe. If you don't have clear boundaries, they don't know what like, meaning that they're pulling up on the bar and it could fly open at any second, right? Because there are no clear defined boundaries, that meaningful boundaries are not held and and kept, right? So then you have a situation where your child feels insecure, unsafe, and not sure of what's going to happen. And you can have big emotional explosions. You can have over, like trying to control situations. All kinds of things can happen because there isn't a clear boundary. There isn't that safety belt there. So I just, I want to talk about both sides because it's really easy to get stuck on one side or the other depending on your environment. If you come a, from a very authoritarian Um, environment and all of the people around you who have parented are giving you advice to be in power, in control, in charge all the time, it's easy to put so many boundaries that are meaningless and just there for control. And if you're in an environment where people are like, no, 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 you you want to let them do their thing. Don't, don't do that. Like give them space or you had an authoritarian growing uh, experience growing up and you really want to have something different. You can go so far to not have any boundaries, and then have your child feel like they're not sure that if something happens, they're going to be okay. So, um, you know, an example of the not sure part would be when our children are having hard time and, uh, like having big feelings, really upset, really saying things that they wouldn't normally say. If we respond to that with a whole lot of big feelings ourselves, or we walk away, Then we're telling them that they're not safe with those feelings, right? That there is a limit to what we will stick in there with them for. But when we can stay and stay calm and hold the boundary of you can have big feelings, you can be upset, you cannot speak to me unkindly, meaning like call me names or things like that, and you cannot hit. Little ones hit. (laughs) They do it. You can have big feelings. You can be upset. I will sit here with you. I will be with you because I love you. But you cannot do those things. Now, that is not unkind. That is kind to set those boundaries. And that's appropriate to set those boundaries and still allow them to have the big feelings. So I know this can be a big concept. So (laughs) if it's a lot, message me. I'm here for you. But we do have to find that sweet spot in the middle. And the easiest way I have found to find that sweet spot is to say every time that I want to set a boundary, I check in with myself and say, okay, how does this boundary serve my children? And how does it serve our family? And how does it serve me? And if it has meaning in one of those areas or all of those areas, then I know it's a boundary worth setting. If it doesn't, then it's probably not a boundary worth setting. And it's something, you know something to discuss at another time or change my approach to. Now if I'm in a situation on the other end where things are happening that I just really don't like, my kids are saying unkind things, they're throwing things, they're hitting, they're doing things like that, that is a sign that you have not set boundaries and you need to figure out what boundaries would change would make it clear what behavior is appropriate and safe and would allow them to grow into their full selves because if you have a child who doesn't have any boundaries, what is that going to be like out in the world? So think that through. And if there's behaviors and things happening that are really hard for you, what happens if those behaviors go out into the world? We're not helping our children if we don't set boundaries on those behaviors. So find the middle ground by checking in and seeing if that boundary is meaningful and keep boundaries, hold them hold them at peace, don't not with big feelings of our own, right? We're going to hold them in a in a safe calm way, but we're going to hold those boundaries because we love our children, because we want what's best for them. We hold the be- meaningful boundaries. Okay. Number 3. <laughs> Can you believe there's more? All right, consistency. So this kind of peels off of both of the ones we already talked about. Consistency is so crucial and if you're one of the people who's like oh my goodness I hate schedules I love to fly at the seat of my pants I'm like a free-flowing this whole like the word consistency makes your skin crawl I hear you totally get it but you're a parent and consistency matters so you can still be a free spirit and be consistent you can be consistent in the boundaries that you hold um we have a boundary in our family my children are still young that Children do not go into streets or parking lots or anywhere where there's cars without an adult holding an adult's hand. Um, My father was a police officer, and that is just that is a hard boundary. There is no discussion around that. Um, We have discussion. We had discussion when we set the boundary, but we hold that boundary. That boundary is consistent. It's always a boundary it's a boundary regardless of what other adults are around or situations we're in. My kids know that that is a consistent boundary in our family, with our children, with our people. Um, So consistency really matters because when we don't keep consistency, kids don't know what the rules are. They don't know how to play the game, right? Like if you sat down to play Monopoly and you had no idea what the rules are, or you play it with a three year old who changes the rules every few minutes, there's no way to win. So we want to set our kids up to win, and that comes from consistency. So, consistency in our requirements and expectations. So, that means our boundaries, right? We want to be consistent in what we expect of our kids and what um, those boundaries are that we have as a family, um, consistent in how we respond to situations. This is probably the hardest part of parenting effectively, the hardest part, because we are humans too and we have a lot of feelings wrapped up into all the things and parenting can trigger all humans in a way nothing else can. And so it can be very challenging to respond consistently um, when our children have behaviors or big feelings or make choices that we need to address. Um, And this is something that takes a lot of work and takes time that you have to have grace for yourself with, but it is important. It's important to have consistency in your responses. Um, Taking a deep breath, responding (laughs) first with peace and clarity, um, but we need to be consistent in our responses. And the last one, consistent in our rhythms. So we need, we have to have, kids need at least a loose structure to operate in. Um, they need to know what to expect. It's the same like pulling up that roller coaster bar. Expectations, whether it's how our day goes, or what is expected of a, of them to complete each day, or how they behave, or how they speak um, to other people, all of that needs to be clear upfront and consistent. We cannot be arbitrary on what we expect or how we live day to day. It's too much to ask of young brains that are growing so rapidly. And when we can be consistent in these three areas, be consistent with our rhythms, our responses and our requirements of our children, your relationship is so much freer because you're not spending the relationship trying to navigate these things, right? Trying to negotiate or get people's feelings back on track because this is this is your homeostasis. It keeps things in homeostasis. So consistency. Now, how do we get to consistency? <laughs> that is the big part, right? Um, so home it, it's doing the work and we're going to talk about what doing the work looks like. Homeschooling is parenting on steroids. <laughs> and I don't want that to discourage anybody who is new to homeschooling world, but you do need to understand this. Um, because if you go in without understanding that parenting, um, is a crucial part, you're going to get frustrated and not understand why. So homeschooling is parenting on steroids. It's parenting and parenting on its own shows you your flaws, right? It shows you your strengths, shows you your flaws, shows you areas that trigger you or that are a struggle very quickly. We all have that happen the first all-nighter we pull with our newborn. It just is a part of parenthood. Now, when we add homeschooling on top of that, um, without trying to scare anyone, the reality is that it can magnify those things. And so, and that's okay. It's okay as long as we are willing as adults, as parents, we are willing to look at those flaws, look at those triggers um, honestly and be willing to be humble and do the work and try better next time. Doing the work of figuring this stuff out for ourselves helps us to respond more consistently, helps us to keep the peace when our kids bring the chaos, helps us to think clearly through creating meaningful boundaries. We have to do the work. We have to be willing to look at these things and, um, Be humble and try better. So, for example, if every time your child screeches, you instantly go into a rage and you just afterwards you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I responded that way. That is not how I want to talk to my children. You need to take a moment at some point and sit down and figure out why the screeching is so much for you. What is going on there? Why is that a trigger? There is a really great book called triggers. There's actually a lot of really great books on this. The holistic psychologist just put a book out on this. Um, But figuring out why certain things well what are the things that make it more challenging for you to respond in the way you'd like to, and then figuring out why. You respond that way, um, which is really journaling is like the easiest thing that I have found to do it. Um, finding time to journal is a challenge. So sometimes it's just thinking through it in the shower, really like that's what I can handle in this season of life. And thinking through, okay, when that happened, when my son screeches, it makes me feel very stressed out right away. Why is that? What is so stressful about that sound? And well, I've always hated loud, loud noises, you know and think through what's causing it and try to choose something different. Now in the meantime, you can look for ways once you acknowledge once you figure out that this is a trigger that the loud noise is a trigger, then you can start putting things into place to help minimize the triggers while you're figuring out how to do this work. And that is okay. If you know that your child's like I'm sticking with the screeching thing cuz I don't know, that's what I'm sticking with, but Um, You know, if you know your child is going to screech every time they're near water because they're just so excited, maybe you take a break from going near water for a little while um, while you figure this out. That's okay. It's okay to set boundaries for yourself um, so that you can be your best self as a parent. But most importantly, we have to have grace for ourselves as we're moving through this. We have to... um, just acknowledge that there's more stuff there and that we need to address it so that we can show up as the best parent possible for our child. I know that every one of us is capable of doing this work and that it's a continuous process. I'm still doing the work. I things come up as life changes all the time and I have to take that time and think through what's going on and try to make a better decision. And there are times when I need to apologize. I have to ask for forgiveness from my children for making a choice that I shouldn't have made um, or reacting in a way that I, I really don't feel like I should have reacted. And that's okay too. It's okay. It's okay to be humble. It's okay to teach our children by modeling that we can make mistakes and work to do better. So all of that, that was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, very, very fast. Um, I hope that you find this supportive and helpful because it will just make your homeschooling experience so much more joyful. If nothing else, um, just being able to identify these things, identify what is a meaningful boundary and what is not, um, taking the time to sit with your child and build that relationship by sharing something they love, something you love, finding shared experiences, All of these things, if you just pick one thing that we talked about today, just one, and commit to doing it once a week, moving forward, it will improve your homeschooling experience. It will improve your parenthood experience overall, and that is what I want for you more than anything else, because your vision for your parenthood, your experience in your parenthood matters. It matters so much, and I want you to have the best experience you possibly can, and part of that is this it's building that relationship it's setting those boundaries it's being consistent and it's doing the work for yourself so that you can show up the way that you really want to be showing up um so i am i just appreciate you so much for being here uh it means so much to me when i hear from you guys and um hear that you have been listening to the podcast and have benefited from it in some way I love hearing from you. I'm so grateful you're listening today. Thank you so much for being here. And next week, we're going to talk about this a little more, but in a more practical way. So if you have any questions in between here and there, please reach out. You can find me on social media or send me an email, and I'd be happy to talk to you some more. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Hey, friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation or you're looking for more resources, be sure to head to my website at aliaderchung.com. You can also go to the show notes for this episode to find great free resources and my Instagram and Facebook handle. I can't wait to connect with you.